spooky hollows of Touchstone Brewing, we bring you the next episode of the Stoutcast Podcast. No, seriously, it is going to echo and rumble and thump and shake and whatever. And we've got the spooky, we got the spooky generator going on behind us. But um, we are uh, we are here among friends. Um, you, good sir, the grandmaster of ceremonies for Touchstone Brewing. Um, identify yourself, please. Uh, my name is Ryan Campagna. I'm the brewmaster, general manager, sometimes hammer swinger, sometimes whatever I need to be here. Uh, and of course, you know Paul Nunez, yes, who I is know him well. well known as Bob's buddy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, connoisseur, uh, man about town, uh, professional gadfly, um, perfect uh, record when it comes to the criminal justice system. Twenty-seven arrests, no convictions. Um, it really, you know, an added uh, an added addition, an added addition to the to the podcast yes um no uh known paul for a gazillion years and um we are uh, delighted to finally have him be able to uh, come in and participate in this episode from touchstone brewing uh in downtown sacramento ryan tell us a little bit about where we are and how we got here uh unique situation i was uh brewing at a brewery down in san jose at strike brewing company for a bunch of years um always been a rock climber uh as recreation and uh kind of got to be friends with some of the folks that touched on climbing. We would work with them on their competitions and different events about town and such. And I'd come out, pour beer, hang out, even host them at our brewery at times. Um, and then actually on a climbing trip out in the Eastern Sierra with a couple of touchstone folks, uh, the idea came up that touchstone wanted to do something fun on their Sacramento property. Um, little time went by, I put together a proposal for the owners of touchstone climbing, uh, to build a brewery up here. And they said yes, and that's sort of where we are now. It's been a, it's been a little bit of a slow process getting this thing up and running due to well, us doing all the construction ourselves has uh, has slowed down, and also pandemic slowed everything down. All we have thirteen of these gyms in California, and they all were basically completely locked out for close to two years. So money got a little bit tight. So, uh, but we're back on the construction, building the restaurant here, brewery breweries up and running, and doing our thing. All right. So where are we as far as number of beverages, uh, capacity, hours of operation, et cetera? So capacity right now is probably in the neighborhood of 650 barrels annually. Um, it's a pretty small seven barrel system. The idea was to just feed a pub here and have a hangout space um, and not distribute. Um, pandemic caused us to start filling cans. Uh, so I bought a little canning machine and um, kind of went that route, but that is still Long term, that would be just to supplement draft beer, you know, have a few options to go, but a bunch of options on tap. Um, we do have the ability to double our capacity without touching anything just by adding tanks. I've oversized a lot of the important equipment in here. Uh, all the plumbing is already there. I could bring a tank in and have it online tomorrow. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully by summer, we'll have this restaurant portion up and running. And then the the grandmaster plan stay here, expand. We're going to over uh, take over the world. What are we doing? Well, my last brewery was heavy production, and I I learned a lot there. But I also kind of wanted to step back and have fun brewing again, and be able to do a lot of smaller batches and kind of keep cranking things out. But you know, we do have thirteen gyms throughout California. You can't just put beer in any of those. It's not really a thing. But I, I would love to throw another tap room down in the Bay Area and maybe one in the LA area somewhere. No immediate plans for that, but that's kind of on the back of my mind. As the train goes by, is there any possibility that we can just have somebody hop the train with cases of beer to distribute across California in more of a more of a freeway? <laughs> I mean, I suppose anything. I'm possible. an idea man, by the way. I don't know if you knew that about me. I'm the idea guy. We, there's, I, I am too, in a sense. Um, I, I have a bit of a creative brain in some regard. My mother was an artist, but um, being heavy production for such a long time, I do want to go for more of an organic growth rather than hiring salespeople and reps and have them out there and pushing beer in places. Um, the idea behind this with the climbing company's backing was to build a hangout space and have fun with people uh, in person. You know, we're sort of getting back in person in this world again, but um no, I mean, I, I I don't have any grand plans, at least not right away, to be pushing into grocery stores, bars, restaurants. I, I do send beer to a couple of uh, external accounts, um, but they're mostly just buddies that wanted to buy beer. We're licensed to do that and to distribute. But the woes of my last brewery hitting 
Costco, Safeway, Bevmo, all in the same quarter was uh, got to be pretty stressful pretty quick. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think it, I think it's okay to just ease in a little bit. We have a, a good space here. I don't pay rent because we own this property. That's obviously a gigantic overhead for a lot of breweries, and I'm fortunate to not have to worry about that for the time being. So. Um, yeah, we'll see where we go. Okay. Well, let's uh, delve into uh, one of the six uh, beverages that we have in front of us. Two are uh, your creations uh, and four, obviously, from other folks. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I have never heard of any besides the founders that we're going to be uh, sampling. So it is uh, it is kind of a, it is definitely a, a wild mystery tour uh, adventure here. So we're going to start with the Bell's Special Double Cream uh, Stout. And have you heard of Bells? I have. What do we know um, about it? I, I was actually out in Chicagoland not too terribly long ago, and you can see this out, out there a lot more, usually on draft, but um, I've never been there, so I don't know this beer either, so I guess we'll uh, we'll see what's in store for us. Well, we're, we're going to look it up, and on the, on the bottle, it'll have some information. Uh, would you mind uh, popping that? And I'll give you the information I've, I found on the website. Named for its velvety, smooth, creamy texture, this incredibly rich stout is brewed with 10 different specialty roasted malts chosen that impart notes of rich mocha and espresso. Dark and sweet tones intermingle with a soft, roasty finish. Alcohol by volume, 6.1%. Original gravity, 1.067. Uh, do you want the calories and the carbs? No, probably not. I don't pay attention to that too much. I've probably got a beer not. good here already. Now, it's been in my fridge for a while, um, but I will uh, absolutely, uh, because of uh, COVID and the uh, inability at times to host um, you know, events where we have knowledgeable folks such as yourselves involved, there, the beer has been in my fridge for a while. So this one is uh, past expiration date, but we're going to give it a whir anyway because uh, science. Exactly. Yeah. Science. So if you uh, wouldn't mind, it is a little refreshing to see a stout out there at six percent. I know that's uh, counter to the way the the world's turning nowadays. Everyone with big imperial stouts, me included. Uh, I was just at Bike Dog uh, two nights ago. Had their milk stout, another great low and low alcohol in the in the stout family beer. Um, it says right here on the label, this one has a shelf life of 12 months. It was packaged in August of 2019. This was, uh, I don't know how long it's been in my fridge. I've got to be, I've got to be honest, but we're going to roughly two weeks older than my baby girl. Who's not a baby anymore. She's full, full on toddler. But Congratulations. Uh, thank yeah. you. Here we go. It seems to have held carbonation just fine. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Sometimes we... You know, and, and we we don't discount beer that's been in people's fridges for a while because sometimes it's been in people's fridges for a while and they're still going to drink it. So we're going to try to figure out, like, you know, whether it's whether you should just chuck it or not. So every beer has a place. I like to think I had uh, lost a bet and had to drink a sun aged Bud Light Platinum. Oh. My friend had it on his patio for the better part of a year. and. It served a purpose. He bet with it, and I lost. I had it was repulsive, but you know. Well, I don't. Um, just right off the get go, I wouldn't say anybody would lose anything if they had to uh, consume this. Um, I'm getting a little bit of fruitiness, which um, sometimes is connected to you know old beer. But um, so far, I'm uh, I, I haven't found anything terrifically wrong with it, Mr. Nunez. What do you think? I would agree. If you were to serve me this, maybe with a, a more recent batch, I I wouldn't be able to tell a distinct difference between the two. I, I wouldn't be able to call this as the quote unquote old beer. A couple little floaties in it. In the modern world full of hazy IPAs, that's almost a norm, but. Uh, Are we getting mocha and or espresso? I'm getting some espresso out of it. I, almost a little, a little more bitter than I would want out of something I would call a cream stout, um, but not over the top. Well, I, I think it's held up. Uh, I think this would probably be fantastic on nitro. Uh, yeah, I came in a came in a glass, and as far as I can tell, it does not have any. Let me read the bottle. 
yeah, everything that's on the bottle is exactly uh, what's on the uh, website. I'll describe the label too, because that's what we do. Uh, Bell's is uh, in a small white and yellow rectangle on the brown label up top with uh, the profile of Bell's in the yellow and Comstock um, Michigan is where the uh, brewer is. Special double cream stout and it has a swirling wheat chaff uh, with the special double cream in a kind of vanilla lettering uh, brewed and bottled by Bell's Brewery in Comstock, uh, Michigan. And I noted that it said it would did not contain any um, lactose, at least in a different website that reviewed it. Uh, I don't see that on here. Um, but yeah, I like it. So the rating system is uh, excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, base, and cat. Cat being bad, as in would not serve it to said animal. So between excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, cat, I, I like it. I would definitely have another one. I kind of wish I had another five uh, expired beers of it in my fridge. Uh, I would definitely go with very good. The only problem I'm having is I'm not really getting any of the of the mo of the espresso or the or the chocolate. I don't think, but I like the flavor that's there, and I love the aftertaste, which is non-existent. So I would I'd definitely go very good. I'd go with a, a good rating. Um, it's easy on the palate. I, I do definitely taste some sort of coffee hints, maybe the, the the coffee essence that's in it. So I'd, I'd give it a good. I agree with the, with a good as well. A, a, a little over roasty for me. Um, I think with a, a little bit beefier backbone on it, uh, we could probably uh, support it. Just feels a touch over bitter or maybe uh, maybe just a little too much, uh, too much roasted malts in there to kind of they're overpowering the rest of it. Um, I'm not quite getting the double cream out of the name out of it, though. I don't. I don't want to pass that off entirely. It is. It is a bit old, and, and we could have. We could have separated a little bit, but uh, I'd like to try a new one side by side. I'd like to try it on draft too. And as I said before, I think um, putting this beer on nitrogen cream it up even a little bit more might might help accentuate what they're what they were going for on it but um would absolutely order it again and drink it again for sure okay fantastic all right now we normally we try to when we can we try to um end with the brewer's efforts but we also try not to destroy our taste buds with the 13 percent alcohol uh, content in the meeting so we're going to go to your next two uh in the middle and we're going to you're going to tell us about the Touchstone Brewing Company, Mayor of Indian Rock, Imperial Stout. Where's Indian Rock? And um, why is it gracing the front of the can? Which, by the way, is um, some cool um, graphic picture logo mixtures of uh, this. I'm guessing this is a climbing area with a uh, blazing orange sunset behind and a the gray rock formation with the um what would you call that that's the t is that the t and touchstone that's right that's, that's our the t and touchstone in red with a lavender background and then there's a, a outline of, which is kind of an okra colored with some red polka dots um surrounding that we paint pictures with words here at the stockhead all right so on it it says known as the mayor of indian rock for his knowledge of every element a limit for every eliminate and willingness to share beta we dedicate this beer to our friend dave altman Dave was a part of the touchstone family for more than two decades he was a community member staff friend and instructor he helped countless climbers get stronger rehab injuries and improve their bouldering and climbing techniques climber math genius ironworks guru and adventurer 1952 to 2020. so um tell me about dave altman this beer was a tribute to uh one of our employees and um he basically ran things at Indian Rock. He developed a lot of the climbs there. This is a park in Berkeley, um, kind of in the metro area with great climbing. 
Um, he was a part of our Touchstone family for a very long time. And he passed away a couple years ago uh, in a fire. It was a really sad story. Um, and uh, the timing sort of came that I was uh, reached out to some other folks in our in our company. Sometimes I'll reach out to the other climbing gyms and say, hey, I have a couple ideas for beers. Here's let's throw around some names. A lot of our names have strong tie-ins to climbing. We are a climbing company. And um, we decided to make this a tribute to him. It's a strong beer. He was a strong climber. He was, he was almost in a sense a bodybuilder climber. And most of the climbers you think about are closer to gymnasts. Um, but all around great guy that's been with our company since almost since it's it was founded 23 years ago i believe and uh yeah he passed away in november so we, we brewed this beer for him um sort of a traditional imperial stout there is some lactose in this one to smooth it out a little and uh slightly less carbonated this was another one i was hoping to one day put on nitro it didn't happen this year because we didn't have um, the bar set up yet, but, uh, why does nitro make everything better? I don't think it necessarily does. It, it does help some. Why beers. does Bob Moffat think nitro makes everything better? <laughs> I, you know, the, just the creaminess you get out of certain beers. I, I actually had an IPA on nitro and that sounds ridiculous, but it was fantastic. I, a, a, like an old school classic West coast IPA on cask. Not something you'd think, but it's sometimes different uh, formats are great. You no, know, a lot of folks are very adamant that this is the way it is. This is the way it is. But sometimes seeing seeing beers in different formats can be um, eye opening a little bit. There was a, a very major brewer brews an IPA that I don't particularly like, and I had it flat cellar temperature on cask, and it was delicious. I would never even buy bottles of it, but I thought it was fantastic. So what should we expect before we drink? Sorry, I accidentally drank it while we were supposed to. Well, you know what to expect. You made it. But what are we supposed to, ex what do we expect? Well, I wanted to leave a little bit of residual sweetness in this beer. Um, not over the top bittering. It might be actually a little bit soft on bittering for an Imperial Stout uh, with the intentions of barrel aging this. Um, whiskey barrels in particular can add a lot of bitterness to an imperial stout or to uh, probably to any beer you throw in there but typically we use imperial stouts for those um leaving it a little sweeter a little bit thicker will um will lend itself to a little bit better aging in the whiskey barrel so uh again i left a little bit on the sweet side i didn't over roast malts um a lot of that uh heavy roast character can can kind of feel like bitterness trying to avoid a specific word here for you. And, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate that because we try to keep it clean. And now that I've got a teaching credential, I definitely absolutely have to keep it clean. <laughs> the only thing that's for, well, swear words, I just edit out. But the one thing we, we avoid uh, at all costs usually is mouthfeel. I know. I've, yeah. I remember the email. That's the one that's you were trying to, yeah, that's the one you were trying to, yeah. pitter patter around this thing. Yeah. It's, it's got a, a feel in the mouth. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, it's a, yeah, some people don't go. Um, yeah. Uh, so what flavors, what are we expecting? So, you know, good roasted malts, good dark malt on that. Uh, I feel like there should be a, a prominent bit of, uh, of chocolate to it, but I didn't go super roasty for that bitter coffee flavor. Um, there is some residual sweetness because there's lactose in this. I also, uh, brewed it with a bit of corn and a bit of flaked oats. So it's, I definitely wouldn't call it an Imperial oatmeal stout, but there is some, some influence from oats in there. Um, probably not as much as you'd see in, in an oatmeal stout, but uh, tends to silk it a little bit. I don't know the right word for that. I'm having trouble with articulation today, but uh, um, yeah, silky on the tongue, not a huge lingering aftertaste in this. Um, it was a, probably a two hour boil on this to help evaporate a little bit and thicken it up a bit, but I don't like the real, real syrupy stouts. I didn't want, I don't like to leave it lingering in my mouth for, for hours on end. So, well, I, I noticed I, I was, I was kind of wondering about the oats component before you said it and like, Oh, that's what it is. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of a, I don't know, like a, a, there's a flavor, I think. And then there's a little bit of a, um, just kind of like how, just how it, just how it goes down. Um, and then, um, the, it reminds me somewhat of the first one we had, um, in just kind of the sweetness and how, 
there's it's um, the, it's melded nicely, but nothing particularly stands out. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, it's my mouth, right? So I guess it's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Hey. Paul, what do you think? Uh, my initial thought going down was super smooth. I really, really liked the way it tasted going down. Um, no uh, aftertaste. Um, just all around really smooth, really tasty. So uh, on the uh, Stoutcast podcast uh, range, excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, or cat? Very good. Very good. You want to grade your own? No. Okay. That's <laughs> Some people do. And you, I mean, we had a couple brewers who just trashed their own beers. You know, and you know why? Because yeah. the owner made them do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have, I have full creative control in here, which is right. which is great. But um, the only one it feels silly to rate my own beers, I guess. But I, I, I've always seen it always seemed weird. But occasionally you get somebody who's like, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't like this so much. I think it's, I think it's good to very good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. But like, I liked it better than you did, which is. Um, but sometimes that's like you. Some people like other people's art much better than the artist did. So oh, yeah, you're um, your own worst critic always. Yeah, I would definitely go. I definitely go. I think good to very good. Um, the aftertaste is a little. Um, I guess I want to compare it to the first one, but I like the aftertaste a little bit on the first one a little better. But still, good to very good. Um, you know, definitely you would definitely. Uh, this would definitely be worth um, coming down to the. And I would love. I'm assuming it's better live. On like, draft? like like every band for sure yeah yeah so um yeah i would definitely i i'm right around very good maybe good very good i don't know i'll think about it all right I so i don't know if there's a uh way to describe how it settles from foam back to beer that little that cascading, mysterious yeah. little twinkling down but that was awesome on this pour too yeah yeah I, I guess we'd call that a cascading effect i don't know it's a you know the old the old uh Guinness over the spoon type of pour that, that really separates a lot. And, um, I thought twinkling was a nice, was a nice hand. I don't think we've ever had anybody who twinkled before on the podcast. So I think we're going to have to add that to the next label. So welcome. A twinkling. Yeah. All right. So the next one is black is beautiful. Now tell me about this one. How, um, faithful were you to the original recipe and how much did you mess with it? Because some people, really hated the original recipe. Kind of yeah. like the Colonel's chicken. <laughs> I wouldn't call this one extra crispy, but uh, I think I, it was, I, it's, you know, it has been a while actually since I brewed this beer. It's uh, it's a little over a year and a half old, I guess, or maybe roughly that long. Um, I remember subbing out uh, actually flaked oats for flaked corn. I, I kind of like the, the corn sweetness in some beers. Um, certain beers it doesn't doesn't work at all it, it comes off as an off flavor but uh i i, I would have to imagine i kept it about 90 percent, but it has been a while i kind of forget I, I didn't even know i had one of these left back there in the back of the cooler so we'll, we'll see how she goes i think this will be the fourth black is beautiful i think that we've that we've tried um and i uh, we had one that was uh on it was it, they followed the original uh, to a T and I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I believe, um, Dave over at campus, I think reworked it considerably. And I'm almost positive. We had a, a third one and that's escaping me right now, which is, which makes for great sound when you're like, Oh, Hey, nice job, Bob. Um, but, um, and, no, and tell me about the corn. Cause you mentioned corn now twice and yeah. I don't remember ever having a conversation about corn, which is making me think that I may have a new title for the episode. The corniest podcast day we had. Oh, that's a good start. <laughs> um, I started playing with corn and loggers uh, kind of about some time ago. And uh, in, in some cases, it, it kind of could come off to some as an off flavor. But um, growing up, my cheap beer of choice was Coors Original which is most of us know as a corn lager. It's a banquet beer. It is a banquet beer. I have the patch on my vest right behind me right now uh, as a corn lager. I'm in, in a sense that Budweiser rice lager right there. It's supplemented with a lot of barley, but um, I kind of liked that residual sweetness. So I started playing with it in some other beers and I'm pretty happy with it. So it, it, it I think the sweetness holds a little bit more just as lactose can. 
depending on uh, on how late in the boil, but the, the corn goes in with all the rest of the grain um, as opposed to lactose in the boil. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's the, the southern portion of the East Coast growing up and being around corn all summer. I don't know, maybe there's some subliminal part of my brain that attaches to it, but- Where are you from? Uh, just outside of Baltimore. Oh, okay. I wouldn't call that Southern, but South of Mason-Dixon. I think when most people think corn, they think Baltimore, am I right? <laughs> I mean, waves, you know, fields of grain and corn in Baltimore and the Orioles and the backstory of the wire. That's right. It's, it, was, it was all just a big corny joke. Um, yeah, no, I just, because that's the, the uh, there's these, everybody does it a little different. And then you'll have somebody that comes on, they're like, yeah, I, like, I really like to use corn more than oats or whatever. So there was an adjunct in this beer. Um, I don't remember what it was, maltodextrin or something like that in the original recipe. I can't remember, but um, I said, hey, let's boot that out. I've got an extra bag of corn here with no purpose for it that uh, I don't want it to get stale. So that was kind of the spur of the moment. Let's just try it out and go for it. Um, it's not a flavor that'll degrade. It, it, you know, certain roast malts over time can overbitter a beer and, uh, or, or give the impression of overbittering. It can get too much roast in your face, but, uh, I don't know. Corn's a nice little body additive and a little sweetness additive. And in some beers, it goes great. I wouldn't put it in a hoppy beer, but, um, why? I think it would just battle too much with the hops. It'd be conflicting flavors. But just a, a sweet, hoppy beer doesn't appeal to me. I know they, there are some out there, but not not really my jam. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is um, one of the the better um, ones of this recipe that I've had. Um, I'd say probably good to very. I, I'd put it. So I, I think I'm going to adjust. I'm going to say the um, the mayor's. Um, I think I'm going to upgrade that to very good. Um, and I'm going to put this in it good to very good, which is an upgrade over some of the other ones I've had, which I didn't really like the other recipes. So I think your changes to it uh, definitely helped. So I'm going to go good to very good. Well, I, I agree. Good to very good. Uh, second to the mayor of Indian Rock. Um, that was just a little smoother on palate. Uh, this one had a, uh, a really good flavor. Um, but the other one was just a bit smoother and I enjoyed that just a tad more. My own personal critique of this one is that it, it's, it's lingering a little bit more. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing in an Imperial Scout, um, but it does, it's, it seems to, seems to hold on a little bit longer in my mouth after I'm done. Yeah. I'd say there's a, I'd say there's some residual, but it's. It's just a thicker beer, I think, and it kind of coats a little bit more. So we're moving on to the founders, uh, highly acclaimed KBS Kentucky Breakfast Stout Cinnamon Vanilla Cocoa. Going to look up what we can about this. It's a bourbon barrel aged as well. Yeah. Does it say anything about it on the label about what we can expect from it on the front well, or the it's back? It's a malt beverage with natural flavoring. So we got the. Artificial flavorings into there. Natural flavorings, of course, means not natural. Um, sorry, I should have brought my glasses on, but here's one for the cocoa lovers. KBS Cinnamon Vanilla Cocoa. The sumptuous deep coffee and chocolate flavors of KBS rise to the next level with a swirl of cinnamon and hint of vanilla to create a sweet but not too sweet barrel-aged drinking experience. It's a whole new spin on KBS that's sure to sweeten your spirits. They're a clever writer. That's 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 very well worded. There you so, go. Uh, must be some English teacher or something. <laughs> Maybe. So it should have been. Um, right. Sorry so, for the sounds. I am. Oh no, that's all right. Beer bottles with a lighter. Yes, yeah, I was a delinquent in high that's school. That's a great too. sound. Yeah, I, and I did not bring one. I did. I've got a suitcase full of gear, and there is not a there is not a opener. In to be fair, this is a no. uh, you know I did no. Uh, no issue either direction, but we only can our beer here. So all the souvenir bottle openers that we were passed along over the years, they just get given out to someone else. I don't, I've always had success with one of these guys. And in my youth, I was a, well, a smoker. So there's always a lighter in my pocket. <laughs> and then the truth starts oozing out. No, right. cigarettes are for kids. They're not for adults. <laughs> got to get rid of that stuff once you get out of your 20s. I don't mean literal kids. A public I mean, service announcement brought to you by the Stoutcast podcast. 
Of course, I don't mean that. But I, uh, I, 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 we, yes, I, 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 it's uh, smoking cigarettes past your your twenties seems uh, uh, dangerous. Um, this is a lot on the nose on this beer. Yeah, there yes, is. It is. And yeah, and you know what? Cinnamon. And I think I tasted some cinnamon. Oh yeah, those Tyrone Biggums for you, Chappelle Show fans. And just the first taste. I mean, just a little bit. Just, just lapped up against my tongue and yeah, cinnamon right off the get-go. Totally agree. Cinnamon is the first note that yeah. hits the pot. This is, um, I, I suppose I should hold, withhold my flavor thoughts until my turn to judge. No, but, go for it. Uh, it's pretty powerful flavors for what we would call a breakfast stout. I wouldn't want to start my day with this, to be honest. Uh, Perhaps it lends itself well to washing out the toothpaste. It's not, not, I don't mean it's a bad beer. It's just a very, very prominent flavors that uh, this is more of a, a, a campfire. Oh, I don't want to use that word because I love high waters campfire stout. That's not fair. Sorry, Steve. I love you. Um, it's, it's more of a maybe a sitting around the fire late at night type of beer. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't drink this for breakfast. Well, it's, I think it's definitely a uh, part of a bottle share, which is what we have here is our, um, four bottles and, uh, and two cans. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, it's the alcohol is 12.0. So that's. Notice how much darker the head is on this one too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the, I mean, the flavors are, it's everything it promises. I, the question I have about it, um, is the alcohol content and how obvious it is. Do you like to have the alcohol content be obvious or do you like to have it hidden? Um, I suppose it depends on the beer. Sometimes it's nice to know what you're getting into. Um, though sometimes you try something big and say, man, this really hides that alcohol well. That can be that can be nice. I, I think that some of these uh, natural flavorings are sharpening it in a way that that may, maybe feels like it's it's higher alcohol too i don't know um perhaps the breakfast stout is is that this is just loaded with a bunch of very sugary pastries is that what you're expecting and you're kind of confused because that's not what you're getting <laughs> i don't know this is uh this is much for me I'm, I'm not super into these heavily flavored stouts um the alcohol content doesn't bother me too much. I tend to not drink really, really high alcohol beers, except, you know, as we're doing here, sharing a little bit. Um, the cinnamon is, is is a little much for me, which is interesting because I love cinnamon rolls. Yeah, but it's not a sweet cinnamon. It's like the cinnamon like, eating it when you eat it out of the container by yeah. thinking it's going to be cinnamon and sugar that mom served on your toast. And you're like, oh. There must have been something else in there because I now just want to hose off my tongue with the garden hose um, and make the. I think vanilla can be a great in. addition to one of these beers, but I don't. I'm not picking it up. Like maybe the cinnamon is too powerful against it, but I don't. I don't smell. I can't smell past the cinnamon. Um, definitely. Since, since I'm looking for it, I'm getting the vanilla in the front, and then the cinnamon comes up and just crushes it, and then I have nothing but cinnamon. And a high alcohol content. Yeah, my mouth is still. This is uh, it's still just loaded with cinnamon right now. Uh, it, it's interesting. I 100 agree. It's smack me in the face with cinnamon and alcohol because it's it's like I'm taking a shot and drinking a beer at the same time. I have that afterburn in my uh, mouth a little. The uh, boiler maker, but that's usually Jameson in a PBR, isn't it? <laughs> It's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I really, I got to give. God, it, would I, would I get this again? I would be leery, I guess, of it. But I would go good to very good, and maybe even bump it up to very good, just because it. I think it delivers what it promised, and we've given we've given some pretty high marks to beers that we really didn't care all that much for just because they said this is what was coming and then they hit you in the face with it. And I think this is exactly what they did. So do I like it immensely? No, but do they deliver as promised? And if you like cinnamon and 
and booze, this is this is definitely your jam. So I'm, I'm I'll go the very fireball good. of stouts. I like I like that. Oh yeah. man, I'm gonna be sleeping on my truck again. The old fireball issues in our twenties, right? So uh, going back to the label, this is here's one for the cocoa lovers. Is where they start. And I don't get much cocoa out of it. Good point. Um, and the you know, deep coffee and chocolate flavors with a swirl of cinnamon. I think it's deep cinnamon flavors with maybe a swirl of chocolate and coffee. Um, this is uh, only about a six-month-old beer. I don't know, you know, because I've actually never brewed with cinnamon. I, it's not one of the flavors I'm terribly into in beer. I don't know if that's going to uh, mellow out over time. I think there's so much alcohol in it. I don't think it's going to age particularly poorly. As I mean, it's not going to change, right. is it? I mean, it, everything changes over time, right? Wines change over time, beers change over time, whether it's for good or for bad, it depends. Um, I, I'm not familiar with how cinnamon does over time. I, I just don't know. So I don't, it's not fair for me to judge on that, but um, I don't think I would, I would buy this again, not to dig on the beer, just not my, not my jam at all. This is, uh, it's, it's been a few minutes since I've had a sip and it's still overbearing in my mouth. Um, so excellent, I, very good, good, fair, poor cat. You know, I'd probably still give it a good to very good because a lot of people are into this stuff now. The, the big, heavy flavored stouts, high alcohol. Um, but for you. Fair. Okay. Yeah, that's... All right. Well, I would agree with the fair rating. Uh, I'm not a particular fan of cinnamon in general. Um, oh, this is definitely not your not in your wheelhouse. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I wouldn't select this off the shelf per se, um, but having had it, and you know, you can definitely taste the cinnamon at the front and the back. Well, I like it enough. I'm going to pour what I didn't drink back in the bottle and cap it and take it <laughs> home. This is the very elegantly labeled El Segundo Brewing Company Barrel Aged Small Batch Standard Crude. 2020 Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. I believe this was a gift uh, for uh, the uh, Bob Moffat 51st birthday celebration, which you were both invited to. I don't know why you guys didn't show up, but I mean, yeah. I had to wash my hair that day. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> grandma and yeah, the whole thing. Uh, all right, one of you was invited to the other one I didn't know yet. So, but next year you'll be invited. Right. So go ahead if you would. All right, I've had some and fantastic beers from El Segundo. I definitely have not had this one though. So there is nothing. Paul, did you find this online? Uh, what eleven one? You know, I thought. I, let me see. See a twenty twenty. I don't see a an actual date on it. So this might be one you should be sitting on, but. No, it's not my beer. Nope. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Yep. All right. El Segundo, small batch. And what is it? Uh, standard crude. So this is going to be a oil can stout. I expect this to be very thick and deep, deep black. Uh, if, if that's what they mean on the on the name there. Judging by the inside of the bottle cap. Yeah, this is going to be a thick one, I think. Or it comes out and it tells raunchy jokes. Crude. All right. Uh, let's see here. Looking, 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 looking. Notice the sweet cascade. Uh, That's pretty what do we call it? Twinkling? Twinkling. The twinkling. Twinkling. Like twinkling, the... twinkling, little stout. Uh, oh, it smells already as a relief off of that cinnamon bomb. I feel like I accidentally dropped a piece of big red in my ears. You glass bomb? Oh yeah, big grand. Um, let's see here. So we know when it's picked available. So I got a um, your thoughts on not telling people squat about what they might expect to ingest. Do you like to provide? I mean, you've got a nice history of what's uh, of your beer of like the people behind it, but. Um, well, but I also what, didn't put anything about the beer on the can. Right. Typically, um, I do don't even like I don't to even do that. Admit, I don't even nod my hops on my hoppy beers. Um, just the kind of the way our labeling is going right now. But uh, I I share a lot of that stuff on our Instagram posts about those beers, and on I, Facebook's kind of a 
lost thing. I don't really pay much attention to that anymore, but uh, I think it's important to know about your beers and be able to explain it, but we're also a little bit more of a position where we want to be face-to-face with our customers. So it's easier to talk about a beer than to just put it in little tiny, tiny words. The head is super, uh, the bubble, it's almost like nitro. The bubbles are tiny, but it's not. That's thick, but but doesn't linger that bad. It's kind of nice. It does say you you shouldn't operate machinery. So neither of you are touching the forklift after this beer, all right? Mm -hmm. So best cranberry song, um, linger or... The one where she's angry, screaming about the bombs. Uh, zombie. Yeah. Linger or zombie. Your your choice. Don't know either. Not out of not in Paul's wheelhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I know both the songs. I would probably go zombie because I think I've heard it more. But maybe I'd have to give it a side by side. I was a little bit more of a, a punk in those days. Um, but I definitely know that song. I know both those songs pretty pretty well. We could probably even karaoke them if we tried real hard, but this is a different podcast again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's got kind of a almond taste to it, and there's some heat there, and that might be the gangrene. Up, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not in the beer. <laughs> um, I. It's and the fact that it's what is it? It's 12, 12.1, something like that. 11. 11.1. 11.1. And that's a lot of. I mean, you, you, if you're not, you know, if you're just sharing with one person, then you've kind of wiped out half of your beer for the night Drink with this one free. But I would not, I definitely would not buy it again. I would, I'd have to go f- fair. Your thoughts, now that I've set the bar so low, there's only, um, Paul, what do you think? Uh, you know, I would rate it good. Uh, even though it has a higher alcohol content, it, it's not overpowering uh, as compared to some of the the others with the lesser alcohol content that you could taste going down. Uh, a little bit smoother, not as smooth as some of the better ones we've tried tonight. Uh, but I would still give it a good, it, it doesn't have any glaring notes of additives it's just a, a smoothie multi thicker beer all right well that's it's 11.1 it's not 12.1 11.1 okay um so it's a little actually this is it's a little less than the than the founders uh yeah i like the founders a lot better i like that there were different tastes and i like that it, i mean it was hot but it was still it, at least it was a talker this one is just kind of a a dumper in a, in a share, hey, let's invite several more people over so we can share it, so we can get rid of it faster. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm fairly disappointed. The label is very classic, though. I, I like the label a lot, but uh, and I like the base, which I um, Paul added to a little bit by twirling the bottle on the table, and so it added to the base as whoever's outside. Um, that's my jam. I, that's my jam. I think that's Grand Funk Railroad. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deaf Grand Funk Rail Deaf. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> Grand Funk Sacramento Rail Yards. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, so we got we got fair. We got good. What do you think? I give it good too. I actually I kind of like the nose on this beer. Um, it, it refreshes me a little bit compared to the founders. I couldn't. I wasn't into the founders at all. But uh, very thick, but not a cranberry song. It's out of my mouth a lot faster than the founders. The founders was I'm going to taste that tonight tonight when I go to bed. Um, luckily, I don't have cinnamon flavored toothpaste. But uh, um, yeah, you're going to think about that beer every time you have cinnamon, like for like another year or two. I think I like, but, but you like this one better. I like this one better. Yeah, I would, right. I would I would drink this over that for sure. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, uh, any 11% beer, I'm pretty hesitant to grab. Why? Because um, like it doesn't drink. go all the way? or oh, I, I, like to, I like to drink beer and having two beers and followed by a blistering hangover after two beers doesn't really uh, work for me anymore. Having a toddler at home and feeling like I'm getting older, I can't respond to 
super, super sweet beers. These things give you the hangover of wine, these Imperial Stouts. Um, so much residual, residual sugar left in them. And just, it's a, it's a sharing, it's a sharing beer um, that I'm happy to share, but I would probably uh, only buy it with the intentions of spreading around a party or a group. Right. It's, it sounds like somebody's having a party outside or they're just waiting for the light to turn because that light that light takes forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Somebody got in your car and turned on your well, stereo. Yeah, if you've ever gotten my car, my car does something now where I think the ground wire has come loose. So if you go downhill and turn left, then the ground wire slips off and then it goes boom, 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 boom. Uh, and then it go, and then the sound disappears. But if you go uphill and like hit the gas, hit the gas, hit the gas, and then turn right and turn right, and then like slam on the brakes as you're going uphill, then you can get the ground wire to sit back on the post. It's, I'm a screwdriver if you want to buy it. Like, man, <laughs> I've got to take anywhere. I've got to take the whole center concourse. Center concourse. Console. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no. Now arriving at gate seven. Um, <laughs> On Concourse 6. Um, no, on the, the center console, you have to take the whole console off and to get into it because it's a Honda. And of course, every idiot in the world was stealing Honda uh, stereos and selling them on the black market. So thanks, idiot thieves. I got the one stereo I have to get to so I can screw in the uh, the ground wire and I can't get to it. All right. So yeah, I'm not going to pour the rest of this in the bottle, I don't think. Uh, unless you want it? That's okay. All right. Sorry, the traffic around here is a little loud for no, this. That's all right. It's, huh? You know, it gives it it gives the podcast a certain feel that we haven't had previously. <laughs> it's um, horrendous background noise. Yeah, so <laughs> no, it's it's all right. It's um, we're trying to we're trying to you know expand our reach. You know, go into you know more uh, varied neighborhoods, and yeah, we're just trying to. Yeah, of, of, the, of the neighbor and by neighborhoods, I mean neighborhoods of people with music I don't like. I suppose next time we could do which, this at my house, which could be I live kind of close to the freeway too, so maybe oh, that's yeah. not much better. No. So this includes um, country and Western. Uh, those are also two of the ones that I don't particularly care for. So yeah, so, it's, you know, I've got a, I've got a, pretty narrow, got a pretty narrow palette. All right, so the last one is the, you're holding the bottle and I can't see it. So it is uh, oh, something 15. The Block 15 Imagine, black label. Go ahead and pop that sucker if you would. And did you find it or did I find it? I didn't find it. I found it. All right, here we go. I found it because there's not much on the bottle. It is a blend of Belgian-inspired Imperial Stouts, matured for one and two years in a freshly emptied bourbon barrel. Chocolate, roasty caramel, coffee, uh, has Apollo and Czech Saz hops. What's a Czech Saz hop? Um, I mean, Saz is a Czech hop, so. Sure, so for I mean, Czechoslovakia. Yeah, well, Ooh, what used to be that now the Czech nice. Republic, I suppose, right? We're uh, um, actually use a North American version of Saz in, one, in my dry hop Pilsner. Um, but yeah, I believe any Saz hop to call it saws should be from Czech Republic. I might be wrong on that though. Maybe, is maybe it any relation to the saws all? No, the saws all is a great tool though. It really does okay. saw all. Right. all right. And the Apollo hop is that uh, grown by NASA on the moon by chance? It is grown on the moon. Okay. Um, they have a, a unique soil up there mm -hmm. um, that you can't get here on Earth. So. I hear it's loamy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks is really into it. Um, Nice. All right. So we have uh, that and we have two row. That was not the Sorry, base. That was That wasn't Paul yeah. this time. <laughs> Look at his little burpees on the bottom. Yeah, of the I know. I know. We've, all right. So we've got two row grains. I, two, row was my, two row is my favorite uh, rap artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pilsen. Oh, man. Pilsen, I, all your students just rolled their eyes at that one. Chocolate. My students better not be listening to the podcast because it's about beer. So two row Pilsen, chocolate, brown malt, roast, black malt, Trappist yeast. Is that made with monks? I mean, it came, or from, by a, monks. It came from a beer made by monks. Sure. Yeah. Trappist yeast. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And uh, the alcohol by content, uh, according to this, it's 
15. Ooh, I got 13 and a half. You yeah. might be looking at a different year of it, but it's still a Belgian style stout. Okay. Uh, matured in bourbon barrels um, from Corvallis, Oregon. I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard of this brewery, but give it a go. And if that one's from Oregon, that might be the last leftover or the last holdover from the uh, Portland and Bend trips to get a beer, which we did several. There's beer in Portland? A lot. <laughs> sure. A lot. A lot. Um, we did, I think, two solid episodes, if not three, on just uh, beers from Oregon. Nice. Um, and I think this is the last one, which I, because all the other ones were cans, um, it did not make the did not make the grade. So yeah, it's been in. It has been in the Moffat fridge for a while. And thank you for hosting us. Um, by the way, you are a member of the California Craft Brewers something or other. The Sacramento area was Brewers Guild. Sacramento area Brewers Guild. That was yeah. it. We recently changed the name five or six years ago, I think, from the Sacramento Brewers Guild to the Sacramento area Brewers Guild. Right. Um, we are brewers from basically, with a couple exceptions, every county that touches Sacramento County. It's a pretty vast area, but... Uh, no. I remember I used to have to cover person. it. That was yeah. my job. Yeah. <laughs> it was to go out and tell stories uh, from all around the greater Sacramento region. We do have some folks from South Lake Tahoe as well. They didn't have a, a guild attached and we welcomed them in. Um, it's a little far for them to come to meetings periodically, but uh, yeah, this year I'm the vice president of the guild. Nice. Yeah, I believe we, so the reason, I think the way I found you was that um, I was looking on the website and it noted all of the members of the guild that we had had on the podcast. And I'm like, who's this Ryan guy? Yeah, and so he, we is. reached out, yeah. And he said, yeah, come on down. And so that's why we're here. Bring so, the base. That's right, bring <laughs> the base. All right, so um, for whatever reason, chocolate often escapes me uh, when it's in beer. I don't know why, unless it is like double chocolate um, or they just, it's like, you know, Mexican hot chocolate, or I just kind of miss it. And I, it's almost like it is, I guess what an adjunct I think is, for me is usually supposed to be, which is kind of like an ingredient, but not like the main ingredient. But this one, I'm getting it right, I'm getting it right off the nose. Off the nose is not a term I usually use because I also think it's kind of snooty, but I can only ban so many beer terms um, at one time. And so the nose, yeah. Off you, the you, nose, you I would say away. the mouth feel it. No, <laughs> you should have seen him. He just drunk it through his nose. And so he not only got the nose, but he also got the mouth feel all in one. There are no nose beers consumed here. <laughs> Ooh. This is a very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Super sweet first impression. The add sugar to a lot of beers. This one has no, but you. Um, I mean, not typically. You can add. I mean, I don't know. It, it it almost feels like it wasn't fermented all the way. This is there's a lot left in that. Maybe that, that Belgian yeast didn't lend itself well to this beer. I'm not sure. I, I feel like Belgian yeasts do very, very well with strong beers, though. Um, especially a Trappist yeast. I mean, that's a Belgian triple yeast. That's a stronger beer than this or comparable alcohol content. But this is a lot of sweetness left in it. It's a... So you guys are noting the sweetness. And I got straight gasoline. That was what I, that's, it, well, I got the sweetness first and then all of a sudden it was like, there was a wall of gas that just, whoosh. oh, for sure. I could totally, totally taste the heat. It's, in it. um, okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to keep going to, it's interesting to describe, but it's, uh, I might just tap out with two yeah. sips. <laughs> this is going to ruin my pale ale after you guys leave. <laughs> Yes, please. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I hope the brewers aren't listening. They feel bad, but well, this is—it's just—it's okay. It's an honest assessment. Yeah, it's an honest assessment, and everyone has different palates. Um, yeah, is it? All right, I, I would say it's, it's so uh, it's sharp. I get it's so sharp. Bobby. Yeah, um, it's less. Uh, it's like okay, is this a beer or is this a beer infused butt base? <laughs> 
or is this a beer infused um, wine whiskey? whiskey. It's it, no, really it it's there's yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of booze, and the taste I like the taste, and then the booze comes in and hits me in the face, and then the taste kind of comes back later, but I'm kind of scared to have another sip because I know that after I do, I'm going to get punished for it. I'd, I'd go fair to good. The back of my mouth is still feeling this beer, but uh, it disappears on the tongue moderately quick, which is, I, I guess, a, a silver lining. Um, That's the alcohol evaporating, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a furrowed brow and there's staring. There's deep, <laughs> well, intense I'm to, staring I, I, at the beer. I I'm, do want to know. Um, I, I wouldn't mind sharing this with the brewer and, and talking. I personal opinion, I, I would have blended this back a lot more than with, with a neutral non-bourbon barrel aged beer, maybe even something not so strong. It's uh, it is a, it's a punch in the face right away with, with how sharp the alcohol is in it. Um, I don't think I'm getting the gasoline, but uh, you know, I, it's, it's been a while since I've, uh, since I've huffed gas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was an okay. Man, I'm telling you. Yeah, they're all like, there's there's going to have to be like a um, Surgeon General's warning or something on this episode. <laughs> the thing is, the, this the, beer, the smell this, of it, I love the smell of it. It's so it unique. Tastes, it's it tastes really good. cool. It's a great smell. I think, yeah, I think if you blend this back and, and, and bring it back down to a nine and a half to ten and a half percent, somewhere in that range with a with the similar subdued version of this beer i think it could be fantastic i that so what i would do is i would challenge you to go back and and listen to our previous episode and the 13 i think it was 13.6 percent alcohol imperial stout that had almost exactly the same uh flavor profile but the booze component was so much more melded in and was so much smoother it was more of a but it was also, I'm not sure if that, if that makes it more of a pastry than this, but it was it was like this, only better. Well, sometimes, and, and sometimes time can, can smooth out that alcohol, but this is a three-year-old beer. And this says... Well, potentially two and a half to three years. It's a 2019. Yeah. This beer will evolve with age. Well, evolve just means change for good or for bad, right? Yeah. Evolve usually means get better. You can't devolve, yeah, correct? I suppose so. And then you can revolve around the sun. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Never Apollo hops around the moon, not the sun. <laughs> nice. Um, the label, uh, just in case you are uh, intrigued and you like uh, you like booze, um, bourbon specifically, uh, just a straight black label, uh, rectangle with a little hump up top, kind of like an old uh, 1930s window with the block. Uh, in small letters and the 15 in bold on its side, and then imagine in cursive, uh, and then the the description Belgian style stout matured in bourbon barrels below thirteen point five percent. So yeah, I uh, I think fair to good. Did you get? Did you grade it? I don't remember. Did you grade it? I have not. Uh, what's the rating scale again? Excellent. Very good. Good. Fair. Poor. Cat. Uh, I'm gonna be nice and say fair to good. I mean, yeah. Fair to good. Yeah. I, I joked with you earlier about diluting your beer, and I think this one could definitely, <laughs> definitely have take... a little water in there and stir it around, and then uh, maybe it might come back as something. See, what's, what's great about this is just how much pain it's causing Ryan as he's trying to talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to give a fair assessment because I want to call it a cat. It's really like I can't drink that beer. It's too much for me, but uh, – well, then, uh, and that's then, not that's or, not a fair assessment because I actually think the smell of it's fantastic. I think it's got a great nose on it, and uh, but I it, it's just I don't know if it just doesn't agree with me. That's very possible. Everyone everyone likes different things. Well, between fair and cat is poor. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I have to give it a pour. It's and it's just my subjective flavor. I don't think the beer is bad. In a in a in a brewer sense, it didn't go bad. 
there's just some some very overbearing flavors that I can't I can't uh, meld with. There is so much alcohol in this; it would kill anything that came in its way. It's, Should we pour it in the moped and see if it runs? <laughs> nice. <laughs> it probably, probably would. <laughs> There's yeah. a 78 Honda Express in the corner of oh, my nice. brewery that's our uh, burrito getter. Nice. All right. Well, uh, it's time in the uh, podcast for us to uh, rate our favorite. Um, and I think it's a pretty easy decision. Uh, I think it's yours. Is it? Yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's really even close. Um I appreciate that. Yeah, That's we great. had we had a couple very goods out of from from either one of us, but yeah, the uh, yeah the Touchstone uh, Mayor of Indian Rock Imperial Stout, I think, um, definitely uh, definitely is the is the class of the bunch. Um, I, I I would you agree? One hundred percent. I did like though. I did like the uh, special double cream, um, but you guys were not particularly fans as i recall i think i liked it better quite a bit better than either one of you did so i think as a group i think uh the beer of the day is definitely is definitely yours which doesn't always happen um we sometimes get dirty looks when we go into breweries and we're like meh (laughs) um and then we're like oh this other one though that we brought in the bottle in the can wow that's really good and then they're like but this the ours is really cool too look it has a marshmallow and you're like i'm sorry Uh, but um no i but so i I don't uh, think i'd ever be shy about someone disliking any of my beers it's it's such a subjective thing you know everyone's got different flavors they're into and so most of us brew what we want to drink for the most part or brew what our boss wants us to brew uh fortunately i have the top decision on that stuff and i can and i can do what i want not everyone has that that luxury but um even as a drinker not as a brewer everyone likes different things for you were really into that that uh cinnamon thing and i I couldn't do it i i like it wasn't my favorite though but i i liked i liked at least the effort and i liked the layers in it and i could find a more redemption in it than i could um than i could the last one certainly but yeah i really like this special double cream stout i think um that um i think having it Paired next to yours, I think, um, was a little different because there's a different alcohol content and it's different. It's a different beer. It's a different components. And so, but they are very similar. And so to compare the two might be unfair. Um, but I think Paul definitely liked yours better. I mean, you think you liked yours better. Um, so for you guys, it was definitely that one. And then for me, I, I, I'd, I'd put them together, I think, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'd say hats off to the special double cream, especially since I think it's been in my fridge for uh two and a half years and it's still and in a bottle and it's still solid so yeah i I think both of them are good um all right i think that's going to do it we're going to remind everybody well first we're going to thank paul nunez and we thank brian campagna very well thank you appreciate you paul is the one who no paul is my friend and then ryan is the one who brewed it oh yeah right no what Wait. It's a flick. What? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was just yeah. here as the pretty personality. Um, and no, thanks for having us. This has been yeah, this has sure. been fun. And these have been they've been interesting. I can't necessarily they've been good or say they've been good. Um, that's always disappointing when I bring a bunch of beer into a brewer and they all suck. That's not true. They're just they didn't all suck. I've done. I like the El Segundo uh, beer uh, a little bit. You guys didn't like it as much, but. Uh, I thought it was nice. I, I, I can't get over how much I like the smell of that beer and how much I hated the taste of that beer. Not the not the El Segundo, the uh, the Imagine, yeah, the, the block. Imagine block all all the people spitting out, out the beer. beer. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, David Goal, uh, New Helvetia. Uh, I took in a a six pack and. We ended up labeling the episode something along the lines of David Gull explains about skunky beer because <laughs> nice. they were all awful. It was like the worst flight of all flights. And then the second time we went back, it was like very good, excellent, very good, excellent, very good, excellent. It was, it was great. So, yeah. So he's uh, but so, yeah, at least they weren't all they weren't all terrible. Thanks in part to you. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that. Hey, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to Touchstone Brewing and Ryan Campagna. 
uh, Sacramento downtown, uh, 16th Street, uh, right across the parking lot from the Pipeworks Climbing Gym. Pipeworks Climbing Gym. Uh, and yeah, support this brewery. They are off to a great start and uh, they need public help and uh, they need, you know, they need people to come down and, uh, and, and keep things going. Um, this is not a, this is, this is a difficult venture um, that you've started. <laughs> what an amazing time to open a brewery. <laughs> an amazing time. Amazing. Amazingly bad. Yes. So well, we're making it work. We're going to yeah. do this. So I when you it. come through town, um, you know, we obviously focus on Sacramento area, but make sure on your way out of town that you swing by, uh, you swing by Touchstone and pick up uh, these, which are available in, as you've heard, Paul dropped them on the table several times. Can't. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we want to remind you that the podcast is not only available on the service with which you are listening, uh, Apple, um, iTunes, uh, Podcastify, Spotify. Uh, God, there's a gazillion of them. But there's also a website where we have the Cliff Notes version, uh, often a picture of the beer or a picture of the a logo of the beer so you can find it so you know which one you're looking at uh, and the cliff notes version of the of each one of the beverages so that when you go to the store uh, you can go click on beer list on our website and then you can take that which will take you to this to the site and then you can look down and you can see which beer was what and how we rated it and why we rated it uh, and then if you want to listen to the audio then great uh, you just click on the uh, listen to the podcast uh, button, which is on that same page. So there's a lot of pages going on on that website. Some guy with no life, apparently, uh, whose children hate him, uh, apparently runs it. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so we, we pity that poor fool. But uh, anyway, we want to thank you. We want to thank all of you. Check out the website and we'll catch you next time on the Stoutcast at stoutcast.com. Stoutcast.